Hi there, this is Christine. After Act 4 of Friends Like These, we're going to have a discussion episode where the hero's cast reflects on our experiences with Friends Like These and Age of Rebellion. Send in your questions about the adventure, the characters, our experiences, or the show to heroes at theheidianway.com. Thank you, and now on to the show. A galactic civil war spreads across the sun. From the heights of Coruscant to fiery Mustafa To fight the evil empire for people join the fray These Welcome to Heroes of the Hydean Way. This is a live play podcast that explores published adventures set in the Fantasy Flight Games Star Wars RPG line. Currently our story is Friends Like These and it can be found as a standalone module. This is... Act 4, Episode 3, and I'm Ben, the GM for this adventure. Hello, everyone. My name is Leslie. I play your friendly local boffin, Saboteur. Her name is Kith. She is going to be a battle warrior in the very near future. And she has a giant axe. No, it's a normal-sized axe. She's just little. Oh, see, <laughs> it, it looks bigger in her hands. Hi there, I'm Christine, and I play Nima Ptolemy, the Miriallin commander tactician of the group, uh, who is currently leading a uh, what might possibly be a suicide mission onto a Star Destroyer. Aren't you just a little ball of sunshine? Hi, I'm Chris, and I play Mandalorian commando Matsu Ordo, who is prepared for this mission because he studied the second Breitfeld of 1642 battle, where Field Marshal Tortensen caps a brilliant campaign with the siege of the Imperial forces to Leipzig. Then Archduke Leopold, commanding a larger Imperial army, rushes to engage the Swedes. I'm not sure what a Swede is. Are they related to perhaps the Dug or maybe Salonians? Not sure. Have to get back to you on that. I think it's a food. And and dude, like, the droid, like me, is played by Brent, and, uh, you know, I'm sort of like a slicer, like, I hack into things, I'm kind of a sharpshooter, so, like, you know, if Matu needs to be shot in the back of the head, I can shoot him in the back of the head, or, you know, if someone needs to know what Kith is looking at, like, on the net, I can look that up and see, like, oh, wow. Wait, wait, are you dude. hacking into her, sorry, are you slicing well, into her search history? Well, dude, I mean, I was just kind of looking and it kind of pops out at you, you know? I mean, I was like, uh, yeah, we'll just close this down right now. And ooh. Is she writing fan fiction? She's writing fan I fiction, isn't she? I've seen her snicker. So to get to know our characters a little bit better, at the start of every episode, I'm going to ask a question of them. Uh, this time it is going to be Nima. As you gather group for one last battle with the Empire, do you have any regrets about this plan of action? Uh, several. <laughs> Possibly, you know what, if you ask me in a couple of hours, my answer may be totally different. But for the moment, I do feel a little um, underprepared, I suppose is the best word, uh, going into this. Where you know, we don't have our ship. We really aren't bringing an overwhelming amount of firepower or personnel onto a Star Destroyer. And we're not really good at the sneaky infiltration thing. We're more of a blasty combat kind of group i'm i'm not sure how this is gonna work out i'm i'm really not this was matu's plan um i'm going along with it because i i do think it will give an edge to the people on the ground i just hope that it's enough of one and that we all get out of here in one piece yeah hopefully it is so to give us a bit of a recap 
today we are going with Imp to bring everyone up to speed as to where we are. So, so yeah, so we're kind of like doing this battle plan sort of thing where, you know, it's like, I don't know, really bad odds and we're all going to die and we're going to be heroes and get blown up and stuff. And people are going to write, you know, songs about us and build a statue of us and stuff. Well, you know, me anyway, I don't know about Matu because that would be kind of weird, but it would take a lot of metal for, you know, a big statue of Matu because, you know, you'd have to have the sword. And the... Anyway, so we're trying to, like, get some information, trying to increase our odds of success and stuff. And Kit's been carrying around this, you know, decapitated head for i don't even know how long i mean she's had it forever it's like part of her now and you know it's like a tactical droid and i'm a tactical droid so you know imagine that's a little awkward but uh so we thought that maybe we could sort of uh, you know hook his head up to some slicing gear and get some information out of it but you know really i was kind of thinking you know hooking up like uh Slicer gear to someone's brain and pulling information out of it. It's not really the AMP way, you know what I mean? I mean, I'm sort of more about like freedom, you know, all that kind the of stuff. The AMP way. I hope yeah, this becomes the way. So, so uh, but I did it anyway because, you know, Keth was there, you know, I'm kind of showing off and everything. I'm really good at it. And, you know, you like to do what you're good at. And so, but I didn't want to just hack into his brain or, you know, slice through his, you know, cortex or anything because that seemed rude. So, I just kind of took a little peek-a-poo and wanted to see, you know, has he already, like, been reprogrammed? Because maybe that's why he's a murder bot, you know? Yeah, there was also talk about putting bombs inside murder bots, but that was kind of weird because we already had, like, you know, humans putting bombs in other humans, and now humans want to put bombs in droids, and I don't even know what it is with humans want to put bombs in things. That's just kind of what they do. Uh, anyway, so I just took a little peek, and I wanted to see, you know, maybe he's already been reprogrammed, and I could, like, help him out. But no, he's just kind of a jerk. And uh, so he didn't really want to give us any information. And so I said, hey, dude. And he's like, hey, what? And I'm like, hey, dude, if you, like, uh, help us out here, maybe we can, like, give you a body. Maybe with, like, some legs and stuff. You know, I'm not talking, like, spider droid or anything weird. But, you know, maybe put you back together a little bit. And he's like, nah, not really. Not going to do it. I'll just keep getting carried around in this, you know, crazy lady's bag. And I'm like, all right, whatever. And at that point, I kind of just put on my happy program because it was getting kind of boring. So, Yeah. I just want to point out that nobody mentioned putting bombs and things, except, I think, you. Happy program. You know, just one day, I would like to know what it's like inside of his head. Just one, though. Nope. Nope, I've looked at the analytics, you don't. Would one of you find Giro's let our uh, listeners know of the Destiny pool? It is five light side points. So, to set the scene, the four of you are loading up the marshmallow handshake, the... R4 droid, Raimi, is sitting there bemoaningly getting the ship ready to go, doing all the pre-flight sort of things. Groups are starting to check in. They're doing their final sort of prep waiting for the Star Destroyer and its escorts to drop out of hyperspace because the time is growing nigh. You've got a group of hyena bombers and vulture droids sitting on the side of an acclimator's cruiser that's in orbit that the people of Zorn have been using as a shipyard that some of the people have tried to repair enough to actually become an effective part of the upcoming battle. You have the suave-ish Captain Rello aboard the Seven. Slovenly. Disgusting. Hateful. And he's in orbit. I'm assuming detached from the the space dock, and is starting to prepare for his uh, part in the defense. And you've got a couple 
Mandalorian gauntlet fighters that brought most of the Mandalorians to Zorn to fight. Plus the princess stuff. Oh, yes. And you have a few uh, star hoppers in orbit mixing in with the gauntlets and the vulture droids that are starfighter-ish. Since the four of you are about to head up and try to get onto this Star Destroyer, the question I've kind of got for all y'all is, is there any sort of final uh, thing, words of advice, or stirring speeches kind of thing that someone is wanting to do before heading off to storm the castle? Or Star Destroyer, as it may be? Kith is, is going to be parked in a corner in probably the least funky corner she can find on the uh, Marshmallow Handshake, or maybe even sitting outside it, working on the, the Vibro-Axe, because, you know, it's it's a ship. There's a good chance they're going to come to blows in a, a hallway or something. She's not going to have a lot of room to shoot or grenade. So she wants to be ready. So she's going to try and find that place she was in when she was working on Matu's sword and uh, sharpen her, her Vibro-Axe up. The installation of a attachment is just a given. So you automatically reduce the crit rating by one. To get Pearson, that sort of stuff, it's... Um, or to get Pearson vicious, or extra vicious, it's um, rolls. Okay. I thought I had to roll for it. Okay. I'll, I'll take my, my, my drop a crit, which is now makes it a crit one. Yeah, vibroaxes with that are kind of scary. And I'm going with you would have had enough time to try and do, like, increase the pierce by one or vicious by one if you want to do a hard mechanics check. Sure. Actually feeling a little bit of nerves would be appropriate, so I'm going to toss in a setback to that as well. So that's three purples and one setback. Ha! Ha ha ha! As a dedicated gearhead, I, I shun your setback. She's nervous, but she's... She's repeating Matu's sword mantra, because she's got nothing better for herself. Even though she's like, this is the blade of my fa- this isn't the blade of my father. Um, it's tasted the blood- oh, I've never killed a Jedi. I wonder what Sith blood tastes like. I'm gonna do my best, and it won't fail me now. Three success and an advantage! Okay, so yes, you now have, I'm guessing, more Pierce? Bringing that up to... We're going against armory things, so I think Pierce sounds like a good idea. Okay, so yeah, that brings your Vibrolax up to Pierce 3, Sunder and Vicious 3, with a base damage for you of 5, and a crit of 1. Sweetness! It's base damage of 5? Well... Oh, because yeah. I have 2. Yeah. And it's 3. Exactly. It's alright, I'm still learning melee weapons. Yeah, they're weird. So she's sitting there muttering, and you hear shing, shing. While Kith is sharpening her axe... Nima starts calling out, Kith! 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 What? 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 How are you looking on grenades? Well, I'm not currently looking at grenades. Why do you ask? (laughs) How many grenades are you taking aboard the Star Destroyer? I'm asking, what do you have in stock? Well, in stock, I have more than I have on my person. But I've got two right here. The grenades she, like, points out or whatever, are they, are they just, like, normal frag grenades or something? They are indeed. Okay. Um, if you can carry them, I've got a couple of toys for you. Uh, one of the things Nima does, she actually has four grenades of her own at the ready, and she's going to go ahead and take one and pass it over to Kith. Armor-piercing grenade. Armor-piercing grenade. That 
that sounds useful. And um, something else that might be useful, I've been carrying around for a while. Uh, she hands you like a little remote control and uh, you know the like training remote Luke plays around with in A New Hope that kind of like shoots them and stuff. It kind of looks like a like that, like it's a little uh, a little kind of ball thing. A ricochet ball? Uh, recon remote. Sweetness. You can drive it ahead, uh, check out different areas. I figure you'll make better use of it than I will. I'm probably going to mostly have a shield up uh, trying to take fire. I've got pockets. I pocket. I will go ahead and put the armor-piercing grenade in the chat. Thank you. Because it just occurred to me, I've got two of them, so I might as well give you one to play with. Damage six freaking teen? What? It can be disturbing. And while breaching. Uh, armor-piercing grenades are really, really good against one target. The blast is not as great, but I figure in your hands, you will, uh, you could absolutely destroy somebody. <laughs> well, we'll hope. And this has absolutely buoyed Kiss Verve, I guess. I rolled Kiss Duty for Sabotage, so I'm assuming. <laughs> She's like, ooh, a new grenade to play with. Grenade. We've got the thing. I just made my axe better. We've got a harebrained scheme, and we seem to do really well with those. Or at least mostly well with those. I mean, Machu jumped out of a ship and made it. Well, he jumped into the ship. We're good. We're golden. We're golden, guys. We're stoked. Let's do this. Uh, Nima's, in spite of the whole leadership thing, Nima's not really a speechmaker. She's somebody who bosses people around more. And at this moment, she is in the like main meeting room with uh, Kasik Corsa, bossing him around into making a speech. Trying to point out things and offer up last little bits of tactical advice you know, remind, you know, uh, he knows the area a lot better than, than I do, but he's trying to see what I can point out in terms of what they've set up, you know, you know, fall back when things get to this, you know, this degree, things of that nature, trying to prepare the boy a little bit more. <laughs> okay. And in there is also, uh, Nambaroya and his daughter. The two of them are also standing around there. He's still kind of getting his head around being free. And every now and then... Who's his daughter? Chieftain Roya. What? So so Nam is a lot older than I was thinking then. Yeah, but I'm he sure he's still well gorgeous. well-aged. What can I say? He's got yeah. auto... <laughs> he has auto-regeneration, you know? Like a fine wine. Wow. Uh, now Nima is legitimately impressed. I, I, she thought he was uh, Matu's age. That's what, like 40, <laughs> right? Matu's like 40. <laughs> um. So... Matu and Amp are standing there by the ship, waiting for the last things to go on. And uh, there's like a little Treadwell droid going, me, 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 in the background. He's going, you know, doing some final modifications that Kith bullied it into doing on the marshmallow handshake just to get that last coolant link locked down. And uh, you hear in the background, like, clang, clang, king, clang, clang, king. And both Matu and, and uh, Amp start like, Dance into it. Buddy, you're a boy, make a big noise, playing in the street, gonna be a big man someday. You got mud on your face, you big disgrace, kicking your can all over that place, singing, We will, we will <laughs> rock you. He looks at Amp. Rock you. No, not really. You're not feeling it. Oh, he is a demoralization droid, and that's kind of an uppy peppy thing 
I was totally feeling it, dude. I was rocking out. So work on that. It sounds catchy. Like, people might use it someday. You're like 40 now, aren't you, dude? What? You realize if I were fo- if I were 40, my mother would be like 60. She's pretty cute. I mean, he was alive during the, the, the <laughs> Clone Wars, man. He's been around, too. Do you really have absolutely no shame about anything? Uh, let me check. <laughs> nope, don't think so. You know what? If we die, I think it'll be a relief. Let's go. At this point, Raimi's got the ship just sort of simmering, ready to go. Just sort of waiting on Kith and Nima to get on. I can't think of anything else like special Nima would do. Okay. She's definitely kind of slow going to the handshake, waiting towards that last possible moment. I'm sort of figuring that Mala's walking Nima to the marshmallow handshake. She's got a heavy blaster rifle that she got from uh, stores. That is bigger than she is. Uh, pretty close, pretty close. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it does look like she knows how to handle the dang thing. You're coming back to me now, aren't you? Just got you back. I don't plan on leaving. We'll come back. I'll come back. I promise. You have to keep things together down here, and you better not leave me again either. Oh, there's no way. No way on this planet or above it that anyone can pull me away. On the other hand, I'm not going into a Star Destroyer because that's just silly. Yeah, it wasn't my idea, but the guy whose idea it was has a surprisingly good track record of insane plans working. It could have been my my plan if I had thought of it to say it earlier. No. But no, no, it's Matu's now. <laughs> he gets the credit. And or Matu the blame. <laughs> That's going to be credit, and with let's that, be honest. Mala will sort of lean in, kiss Nima, and then step back, kind of shooing Nima on board. Uh, Nima is looking at her, and uh, she starts to walk up the ramp, and it's this kind of like smooth, cool moment for, for a second, and then she runs into the railing. And then has to like straighten up and blushes and then turns and, and play cool, away. play cool. Yeah. <laughs> By the time that you've straightened up, the ship itself is already starting to rise up because Rainy's starting to get a bit antsy. Of course he is. He's in the cockpit, all tweedling that, "Hey, look, he finally gets to fly." And as the marshmallow handshake comes up out of the hole, going down to Foundry Four. Four vulture droids uh, come up from the surface and fall into formation around the handshake as it goes into orbit, uh, going past the uh, space dock that's there. Everyone, remember to grab stim packs. Does everyone have a rebreather? Nope. Well, yeah, it's in my it's in my suit. I have one. I have one special. Good. Because I'm not special like Matu or a droid like Amp. Do you have one? Yes. You know, it occurs to me that ever since our adventure on the Shadow Raptor, we should have really come up with some sort of team name. Well, they called us the Shock Squad or something. No, 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 I've got a better one. Yeah. How about this? Suicide Squad. Huh? No. Veto. It's got a ring to it. No, that reminds me of a bad uh, hollow hollow movie I saw. Um, Maybe it didn't get out of the core. I I don't really watch movies. I don't really, I don't really have fun. I have fun. Didn't you see me do this pull-ups earlier? Do we ever get a map of, uh, like, a la- general layout of a gladiator storage drawer? Yes, you did. That was the one thing you were able to get out of TJ before he decided that all y'all were a little on the suicidal 
like Mr. Suicide Squad. I want to have a copy of that in AMP, in Raimi, and in my Hollow Messenger. That's a really weird will, but okay. Well, no, no, not a will, as in you know, that way we have a map we can reference. Okay. And in case we split up. And while we're flying up, I want to... I've got it turned on, and I'm just rotating it around and trying to pick out systems. Because Matu said it himself a long time ago. We know the playbook because it's what the Empire did to us aboard the Shadow Raptor. So I'm marking things like communications, the engine room, life support. Although don't... won't they have, like, rebreatherness in their helmets? Stormtrooper helmets filter out smoke. <laughs> oh, that's... Uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I'm learning. And even if, even if they do, the yeah, there's going to be rebreathers aboard, same as with the Raptor, but are there enough for everybody? My life support thing, I had to buy it. That was like a, a special thing I had to buy. So you pass this acclimator Star Destroyer, and you can actually see that the outside of it doesn't look all that much cleaner than when you first came to Zorn. But now that you know what to look for on it, you can actually see gun emplacements starting to move on it. And as you're passing by, as the light catches it, you could swear that you see a shield around the space dock. And you can see the Seven sitting next to a piece of salvage as it's slowly starting to try and... with fine manipulator arms out ahead of it as it's trying to pick it apart like it's an actual salvager. Kith makes a rude gesture when we fly past Relo's ship. Fair enough. Lousy spice head. As you've been going up, Raimi's had the general holocom, or the general communications network up going through the marshmallow handshake, just so that everyone knows sort of what's going on elsewhere. As he gets into position, the four vulture droids peel off and head over to the acclimator, landing on its surface. And just sort of looking around, it almost looks like the four of them are standing around just chatting as only two foot tall, or sorry, two story tall droids could. And then over the comms you hear, we've got three contacts at the edge of the system. A technician aboard the repair yard shouts over the comm. Two raiders and a gladiator. Well, that's just what we expected. The Keki uh, addresses her. Well, good luck up there. And we hope to delay them and give you as much time up there as we can. Good luck and Zorn out. You can hear the click of the radio dropping out and then it just goes quiet. So I do want to do a tiny bit of a scene on board the Star Destroyer's bridge between Nervi and Alico to serve to set the scene. You've got the lines of hyperspace retreating, the thump of hyperspace ending, and there's Nervi with his little ratty mustache waxed to near perfection on his lip. And he's looking out the bridge of the Star Destroyer, looks off to one side and then the other, seeing the two wedge-shaped raiders taking up formation. Oh yes, Elico, this is exactly what I had been hoping. Do you see how this is going to be the start of our own ascension? I do, Captain. I see the 
Rebels didn't muster much of a force against us. But how could they? They had no idea that we were coming. I mean, if the best that they can muster is that salvaging freighter over there, I mean, what possible chance do they have? And he makes a motion for the weapons officers to start taking aim on the seven. Well, with them being rebels, we shouldn't allow them too much space to maneuver. Let us do get our, our starfighters in space. And what about the landing craft? We shall wait for a little bit closer. I do believe that there's a facility in orbit that would be good target practice for our turbo lasers and concussion missiles. Once that's taken care of, we shall send out the landing barges. Very good, Captain. I will deploy the starfighters immediately. And she'll take that moment to go ahead and... You know, she was up at a, at a slide previously, and she'll take the moment to be able to back away and head over to one of the consoles and start issuing the orders. And as Alico does that, Turbo Laser Fire starts arcing towards the center. And that's where I cut back to the heroes in the handshake. The ship itself is sort of floating, sitting there, waiting for the Star Destroyer to come closer. The mines have yet to go off, and the Star Destroyer gets within range and starts opening up a side shot at the Seven. As this gladiator gets within essentially medium range of it and just starts opening up some fairly considerable fire. Okay, Raimi, start bringing us in closer, just nice and steady. We don't want to tip them off to our presence. But also, the Seven can't take fire like that for very long. Well, at some point, the the mines will have to, to clue in. They've got to get in c- close enough. As Raimi starts getting the ship ready to go, and I'll get a roll from you shortly for him, you can see... Out of the corner of the handshake's cockpit, the Seven starting to turn its back to the Star Destroyer and starting to pull it, starting to retreat back towards Zorn. Yes, lead it in. Lead it in. So as for our homespun heroes and their hand-me-down handshake, what's our move? Okay, so I do want to get a piloting check to see if he can get in unnoticed. Uh, so piloting space, he's got three yellow and a green on the sheet I see. Well, base difficulty, silhouette for going not full speed, so I'd go with two reds anyway. And you guys are in the middle of a firefight. Okay, I'm going to get the pouting check out of the way first, then I'm going to get the other check. So the pouting check is going to be two reds, a purple, and two black. Uh, Okay, so here's what questions come in. So he'll ignore the two black from Skill Jockey. What is the handling of the handshake? It can't be good, right? If I remember, it was a minus one. Okay, that sounds We're bad. going with it's a minus one. I still don't know what any of that means. Uh, so, so negative handling gives you a number of setback dice equal to to the negative number to all piloting checks with this ship, while a positive handling gives you a number, number of boosts on any piloting check with the ship. Gotcha. Usually starfighters have positive handling and freighters and stuff have negative handling. Okay. I mean, he didn't give us that crap of a ship. Just a mostly crap ship. Uh, It's better than I thought. Okay. So this is about going unnoticed. I want some boost dice. There's a lot of debris here, 
And there's a lot of people uh, focused on both the platform and the seven right now. Not this, not this. Uh, also, the handshake looks like a piece of junk among pieces of junk. I don't know if you're trying to argue your way into getting more setback on account of the amount of debris that's going on around there. But, nah, I'd already give you some. Uh, but I will, I will give you a boost on that. Sensors? I don't. Alright, I'll give you a boost on that. That the sensors are probably a little bit more focused in on the two main targets that are actually there as opposed to. Okay. Well, and there's, I mean, if you think about it, there's a lot of noise because there's a lot of ship bits and bobs. Getting a boost for that. Like, like, static, as it were. And overcoming two setback from that. Okay. So I am going to light, uh, light side this. I'll admit that's partially just to give Ben a Dirk side point. What? I, you know, I feel bad for him. <laughs> that's a fellow, fellow GM. Plenty soon. Uh, so Raimi's got four yellow, two blue, a purple, two red, and one setback die because two were removed due to skill jockey. Uh, let me check his sheet real quick. I don't think he has anything else that affects this. Um, yeah, he's not full throttling. He doesn't want to get in there faster. That'd, that'd be terrible. Terrible idea right now. Uh-huh. Yep, so that's what we got. Go, Raimi. Six successes with wow. two threats. All right. Good old Raimi. I'm thinking some of those deb- some of that debris does hit us. <laughs> uh, some hull strain yeah, or something. Yeah, system strain. And, yeah, that actually sounds like a pretty good idea. Like, going through and, well, no, I'm going with it hits, but it doesn't actually do anything to the ship. It's just going to affect the next roll for everyone. Which... You're now in the shadow of a of a very large Star Destroyer. This may have the weird dual prong of a Gladiator Star Destroyer, but it's still a Star Destroyer. It's still one of the flying triangles. It's just got a really weird triangle. Raimi's able to bring the Marshmallow Handshake in close to the ship, and as he sets down on the bottom side of the ship towards the engines... You can see off to the front, he's turned the ship around so the Handshake's engines are pointing in the same direction as the Blood Ambition's engines are. And you can see the first mine hit. It hits one of the points of the Star Destroyer and explodes. It blackens one of the points and the Star Destroyer starts or keeps moving forward. You see a squad of the Starfighters come over the Star Destroyer and start weaving in front, attempting to shoot things in front of it, hitting bits of uh, scrap, and then you see a one lucky shot hit another mine, then one of them makes it past and hits the front of the Star Destroyer. And you can see that the Star Destroyer itself is starting to slow a little. So at this point, Raimi has the marshmallow handshake attached to the side of the Star Destroyer. What do you four want to do? Amp and Matu could go out into the hole if you guys have any ideas with regards to that, but Kith and I don't have suits. Why didn't we just get suits? I, I thought the plan was to fly the into the, the hangar bay. Well, we didn't really talk about the plan tonight, so... So, if we're going to do that, then... I think our best opportunity is going to be when the landing craft start coming out. Just flip a light side point. The Starfighter's already out there. Uh, when they start flying, we we fly on. At that point, a lot of them are going to be loaded up. And, uh, well, we'll thin the numbers a little bit for us. And then we can land and start doing some damage. 
Or we flip a light side point to say we have the suit till we all go for a spacewalk. That one makes more sense. That's the other possibility. Chris, Brent. Brent, Chris. Hmm? <laughs> I think she's looking for your input. I'm okay. flipping a light side point because they're not participating in my conversation. <laughs> of okay. course. Um, Magnetic boots, too, please. Like, are these things bulky enough we can, like, put them over top of our gear? Yeah, they would be... Okay. I certainly can. I have an adult-sized space. Like, yeah, they would give you about uh, 20 minutes outside the ship. Okay. I've never used one of these things before. This is safe, right? Oh, yes. It's it's perfectly safe. Yeah, the, the long beat of silence didn't help. <laughs> Matu's been in space before. He came back okay. <laughs> it's perfectly safe. It's you that's in trouble. <sighs> Just, um... Right. Gonna get dressed now, strap in, and let's go. I have a bad feeling about this. I'll go ahead and put on the suit. Uh, Nima actually needs some help because she's she's never messed with a spacesuit or anything in that ballpark at all before. You step in. I, 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 you zip I, up. Got that part. You tighten all the seams. Why are there so many zippers on this thing? There's a lot of person to fit in it. Make sure it makes a noise when you put the helmet but what on. What if it doesn't? Well, then we put your helmet on again correctly. Oh, okay. Okay, that's a really big air tank. You're fine. You're fine. It's fine. You've 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 handled heavier things. Remember your shield. Oh, that's it's on my arm. No, I meant you handled the big, bulky one. Oh yeah, that that this protected me from blaster fire though, not you know, vacuum. Stop thinking about it. You're fine. She smacks the helmet encouragingly. And it's at that point I'm figuring that Raimi's going to open the airlock for the four or five of you to head out. If you're wanting Raimi with you. Or if you just sort of want to keep the engines going. If we have any hope of getting off of this thing, we need Raimi ready to boogie. So my thought would be have him be our getaway driver. But I've had that thought before. And I've been, I think I've been vetoed before. So uh, That seems to be how we've used Raimi for the most part. Um, He is a... Another gun, though. Yeah, but is he going to be as fast as us? Is he going to be able to hide as well as us? Uh, he can probably blend in in better than a lot of us, actually. Look at he's him. Got he's a... black yep. and yellow. Oh, wait a minute. He still has the... He still has a monocle on. Never mind. Never mind. Sorry, sorry, Raimi, your your outfit. Mm. Yeah, Raimi, your, your outfit just got you stuck on getaway driver duty. We should have repainted him. Uh, keep the engines hot, buddy. We need you. Just keep an open comm link and get ready to swing in and pick us up. And I'll tap, uh, like, Pat Raimi on the top of his flower pot dome. Since, since I think he lost his top hat to the monkey lizard. Yeah, you're right. All right, let's go. I'll salute him. He extends one of his manipulator arms and gives Kith the salute back. Okay. Uh, so with the little hollow map up, uh, I'm going to... Try to find us the nearest airlock. Okay, I'm. there's a couple notches along the length of the Star Destroyer's side, and the Gladiator has a very large hangar deck, and it's mid-deck. Even has two actual hangar entrances and exits on the side. And just aft of that, a little ways, is another airlock where it can dock with other ships, like, say, Crowing Corvettes or... VX100s or the like. And I'm figuring it's one of those airlocks, a little bit towards the back of it, that you'd be starting, or you'd be at the entrance to. Okay. 
towards the back i think sounds pretty good that's usually where things like engines uh are maybe even life support i mean relatively speaking it's a huge ship <laughs> i think generally speaking it's a huge ship the four of you as you approach the airlock you're standing upside down on it you're standing normally but you're on the bottom side of the ship so as you're looking you can see uh, some turbo laser blast fire off from the other side of the ship uh, towards the seven and you can see that it takes a hit through its shields as the four of you come up to the airlock and it's just sort of sitting there perfectly quiet in the silence of the void i'm gonna tap amp on the shoulder amp can you get us into this airlock uh yeah no problem oh like now yeah, yes, where we have limited air. And? I- I'm going to give him a little shove towards the airlock. <laughs> okay, okay, jeez. All right, for a slicing the airlock, it's not exactly a connected system, or it's has a bit of a connection to it, but it's mostly just a local thing. So I'm thinking that it's not, it's not going to be all that hard. Maybe, yeah, I'm actually thinking just a purple or red and a setback. I scoff at your setback for multiple reasons, I think. Who's a what now? looking uh is that a bycast bypass security bull sort of thing open a locked door yeah i'll give it to you mostly because it's opening an airlock i'll give it to you it's a door I was it's like a locked door because it would the word be lock is in it somewhat simpler to open but okay sure you're still getting it for an extra setback can i make it look like it was kind of difficult and like i you know sort of have some problems with it but then valiantly overcome Yes, yes you can what does that even look like because you just plug your head into the door do you like twitch or something i'm sort of figuring that like it affects the lights in his eyes for like an extra setback can i like make the door sort of make a cool whooshing sound sure we're not gonna be able to hear it there's no air in space this is it's star, star wars. wars it works somehow okay i'll step back on that one uh-oh <laughs> my whooshing sound made me fail but that's okay, because I have natural programmer. I get a cool wishing sound. And for a brief second, you uh, yeah, the door and for a brief second, you lose contact because of the whoosh before your magnetic clamps on your feet re-engage, causing you to strain as you get inside. I get four success and two setback, and the setback is probably strained because I actually did think that I was trying to show off and wasn't going to get the door open on our suicide mission, which is somewhat embarrassing. On the plus side, though, we actually think it might have been hard now. <laughs> yeah, that that looked like it was a close call. Imperial security is pretty good. Uh, yeah, it was his rough one. I uh, had to, you know, optimize the subterminal mate matra mate matra core thing and uh, crosswire the matrix. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. But it's open now. Whoosh. We go in. You hearing over the. PA system as the airlock door closes and you're starting to get the EVA helmets off if you're wanting to or not. Yes. All invasion troops to the landing barge. All invasion troops to the landing barges. You hear the clomp, clomp, clomp of huge amount of uh, people running around this deck. Just beyond a few of the bulkheads that you can still hear it through of a fairly massive deployment starting.
Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Heroes of the Hydean Way. You can find show updates on Twitter at The Hydean Way, and you can find me, Ben, on Twitter at Deuterium Ice. You can find me on Twitter at Twelfth Night. That's one, two, TH, and Night with a K. And you can find the meat sack that pays uh, Amp at Twitter at Ibram Brown, and I just gotta say, hey girl, come on to my forest moon. I know our love will endure. It's not even worth a groan. Endure. I'm Leslie. I'm, <laughs> I'm at Leslie GS. Forest Moon. You have to explain it, dude. Just let it go. You can find out more info on me at SilzeroChris, S-I-L-Z-E-R-O. We are all at TheHydeanWay.com, where you can find previous episodes in our sister podcast, Tales from the Hydean Way. Our podcasts are on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, where you can find more episodes and help us out by rating and reviewing the show. We're also on Facebook as Heroes of the Hydean Way. You can drop us a holocom over at heroes at com. If you like what we do and want to support the show, you can find us at patreon.com slash thehydeanway. Or you can donate a coffee to us over at ko-fi.com slash thehydeanway. Well, dude, I mean, I was just kind of looking and it kind of pops out at you, you know? I mean, I was like, uh, yeah, we'll just close this down right now. And ooh. Is she writing fan fiction? She's writing fan I fiction, isn't she? I've seen her snicker. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the cat just rubbed its face on my microphone. <laughs> That tells you all you need to know right there. Right? <laughs> Excuse me, kitten. Please, please step away. <laughs> uh, just pretend that it's your puffer pig. Oh, my little puffer pig. Do puffer pigs have claws? I feel like I feel like they should. Uh, I don't think, I think so. They would have hooves, but, but... Do they get yeah. tusks. Can no. they have tusks and fight to the blast? <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> Refocus. <laughs> And both Matu and, and uh, Amp start like dancing to it. Buddy, yo, a boy, boy, making big noise, playing in the street, gonna be a big. I can't mess it up. Oh, hopefully, it is. So, to give us a bit of a recap, today we are going with Amp to bring everyone up to speed as to where we are. Right. Should have known this would happen. <laughs> Here, I'll, I'll start you out. In October of 1941, after the initial success of the Russian bear in the summer of 1941, the German advance slowed down. Oh, so, so I'm never mentioning GMT games again. That's just <laughs> so 1941 by whose calendar? I don't know. The Mandalorian one, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of Mandalorian, 